Hello everybody and welcome to episode 35 of Reboot Already Underway. I am one of your hosts, Jacob Lacey, joined again today as always by Aaron Hahn. Hello. And David Becker. Hello. Guys, I wanted to mention something on the podcast because if you were looking for the podcast last week and you could not find it, that was my fault. I forgot to hit publish. I would say it won't happen again. But I can't promise that, so <laughs> just keep an eye out for it. Um, that that's my announcement. Anyone else have announcements for for the good people? Or no? Good oh, come. you guys, you guys didn't. Uh, you weren't prepared for the impromptu announcement segment that I just came up with. Wow, that's. I I feel like I'd rather leave you flailing than. Uh... <laughs> all, right, all right. Well, guys. So, uh, I went to go see a little film called La La Land again, and there's an act, yeah, there's an act, actress in there that I'm like, has a winning streak. And I was wondering what actors and actresses you think has like a winning streak slash great resume of film that like most of everything they're in is great. And if, even if the movie isn't great, they're great in. is going on here 20 million readers want the truth eddie truth yes mm. eddie. and i guess i'll just start off with the actress that i chose because we each chose uh an actor and an actress and the actress that i chose is emma stone who ah. in nearly everything she's been in has been pretty great um starting right now i mean just from now back you got la la land of course I, I've spoken ad nauseum about La La Land now. I don't think I need to keep going. <laughs> um, but then after that, you know, we have things like uh, Easy A, which is a film I actually really enjoy. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I, no, I agree. Oh, yeah. Easy A. Um, of course, Birdman, a film that I've already spoken about several times, how much I love it. Uh, so you got Gangster Squad, which again, I've talked about, and I thought she was really good in it, even though you guys hate the movie. And I'm like, it's an all right movie. I, yeah, it's not good. She does good it's... voice work in The Croods. She's in The Help. Wait, who is she, Wait, who is she in The Croods? The main character. The... Mind blown. The daughter. Okay. Yeah. Um, She's in The Help, which she's Ryan in. Was, was Ryan Reynolds the... Yes. Okay. And the Nicolas Cage, of course. Yeah, man, Nicolas Cage is so good in that movie. He just only needs to do animated films. That works for him. Or things like Kick-Ass, which, of course, works for him, too. Um, but, yeah, The Help she's in, which she's great in. Crazy Stupid Love she's great in. Um, I guess she's in Marmaduke, which... Well, they, nope, you broke the yep, record. That, all right, but other than that, she's great in Zombieland. Um, and she's also great in The House Bunny and Superbad. Um, just every movie that she's in, I'm always like, Emma Stone's in this. All right, I, I can get behind this. And then, of course, there's things like I don't remember her in, like The Rocker. I don't remember her being in that. She's in The Rocker? <laughs> I remember, I've never seen The Rocker. It might have been just one of those things where, like, we didn't know who Emma Stone was yet. And so... True. At, of course, the one I left out. The Amazing Spider-Man uh, 1 and 2. 
Amazing. I mean, she does. A, she's good. She does a fine job. Yeah, she, yeah. she's really good in Amazing Spider-Man One. She's good in Amazing Spider-Man Two, even though everything around her is a failing pile of garbage. <laughs> but uh, and even her writing is not very good for that because they're just like yeah, they're super obvious foreshadowing in her graduation yeah. speech. They're yeah. Just like, Oh, you gotta gotta make the time last because you never know when you're gonna die or something. Oh, it's like, get, do you get it? Do, do you yeah. Get it? I mean, obviously, you get it because we spoiled it in the trailers. But <laughs> um, yeah. And then there's just like a few things that she didn't have huge roles in, but aren't good. Uh, like Ghosts of Girlfriends Past, not good. She's in that though for a little bit. Um, and then you can't really blame anyone for being in movie 43 because they lied to everyone about movie 43. So I, I don't, you know, you can't take that away from her. Um, and then there's like a couple things that I haven't seen, so I can't really count like Aloha. Heard it wasn't good, but. Oh, no. Oh, no. What? Not Aloha. <laughs> That's and... the one where she plays like a, like a part oh. Asian character <laughs> yes. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's one real misstep in just a great catalog of other things she has a great cameo on pop star um yeah i don't know just I, I think emma stone if she's not already there is on the road to like greatness forever as long as she keeps like getting roles that are good <laughs> don't don't go back to it don't go back to amazing spider-man don't pull a michael keaton don't don't be like, I'm Batman, I'm doing all these award-winning movies. Now I'm going to do Spider-Man Homecoming, everyone. <laughs> and a movie that hey, I'm sure will be bad. But that's such good casting, though, you know, to get him from Birdman into Vulture. I mean, just like, come on. <sighs> I suppose. All right, that's that's my choice for uh, actress with best uh, resume I so mean, far. I feel like she's going to win, the academy award this year i think that's like a yeah solid, it's pretty much guaranteed but at this point yeah i agree that's so, you know yeah basically a foregone conclusion and i'm pretty sure casey <laughs> affleck is going to win uh best actor it's i don't think it and la la land is gonna win best picture yeah and... here's the thing does casey affleck as a person deserve best actor no <clears throat> he's a garbage fire of a person, but his performance is outstanding in Manchester by the Sea. So where do you draw that line? I don't know what we're talking about now. This is not what the topic's about. Well, <laughs> David, yeah. who's your who's the actress that you think has has My the actress. best resume? Obviously, she's a national treasure. It's Betty White. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's pull up got, her filmography. <laughs> everyone loves Betty White, and no, no matter what she's in, every, like she always brings a smile to any anyone's face. Like, oh, Betty White's in this. I love Betty White. Like we gotta like she's she's still kicking. She was in what the Golden Girls. She was in the Proposal. Proposal was great. Well, okay, she was great. In the <laughs> she's good in the Proposal. Yeah. Excuse me. No, I got you. I got I, you. I guess she was in the Lorax. She was in the Lorax. I don't know what she did in there, but... She voiced the grandmother, of course. Oh, great. She's very tight. She sang, sang a little bit. Was she good? Sure. I mean, sure. she's Betty White. <laughs> she's Betty White, exactly. She's in a really old... Well, Return to the Batcave, The Misadventures of Anne, Adam oh, and that's, Bert. That's a great movie. I guess it's it looks movie. pretty great. But she's... But... 
I mean, we can all agree that Betty White is a phenomenal person and a great actor. Can we not? I mean, phenomenal person, yes. Yeah. But I'm not sure if she has that much range as an actress. No. But... So, but... I mean, she's Betty White. You're right. So. That, you know, you can always look forward to yeah. Betty White being in your movie. I agree. And no matter what so, crappy... No matter how crappy of a movie... The but she's still person. basically playing herself in every <laughs> single role. But, you know, you know, I'll give it to him just because you always look forward to seeing Betty White. Like, remember when they were doing the, uh, the Deadpool-like thing where Betty White was doing, like, a review of Deadpool or something to that effect? It was like a little internet video they did. And even that, I'm like, I don't know why I like watching Betty White just be Betty White for <laughs> about five minutes, but... I don't know, man. I agree. I agree. Betty White's pretty great. She was also in... We gotta find a, we gotta find a terrible movie she was in now. <laughs> I'm just, looking. Just... <laughs> hey, man. Um... If Emma Stone has movie 43, I mean, Betty White has something. <laughs> um, the Story of Santa Claus, 1996. There we go. Love and Dancing, 2008. Dennis and Me- the Menace Strikes Again. Oh, she was in. She was in one episode of the 1970s Odd Couple, and she played. Get this, Betty White. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Crazy. Aaron. She's not. She is 94. Holy she is. Crap. She is. 2016 didn't take her though. Protect our national. Still good. <laughs> Our national treasures are Danny DeVito and Betty White. Protect them, 2K17. I, you know, I might agree with that, actually. Aaron, what, who, is, yes. who is the actress that you think has a great resume? All right. My actress is Tilda Swinton. Ooh, that's a good choice. That's a really good choice. Mm, All right. I wish I knew her. Explain. You, you do know her. She's favorite. the ancient sure one. Most recently, she was in... Doctor Strange as the Ancient One. Oh, okay. I don't know. I gotta say, for for as tricky of a role as that, and you know, because of all the controversy like leading into it, right? She does a really great job. She does in that role. She really does. She has that kind of like weird mystical nature about her. You know, mm-hmm. she can bring all that women. To the role. All women are mystical and beautiful creatures. Aaron. <laughs> yeah, Aaron. Duh. What? Check your privilege what? at the door, Aaron. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I just, I didn't. I think it's a bit more dehumanizing. <laughs> I didn't, to be honest, I didn't hear what David was saying and just kind of joined in. I took the mob mentality that I learned from Twitter. <laughs> she was also in Hail Caesar. She was. I love Hail Caesar. Let's not forget that. It jumped so many places on my list by the end. It was like number seven instead of like 12 where it started i still don't think it deserves to be that high I, but you know there's definitely so many great performances yeah in the movie and yeah she's one of them <sighs> yeah you know obviously just great comedic moments with the mix-ups between oh the my two gosh yeah twin characters that she plays so that's great and also i mean we can't forget the chronicles of narnia we can't we can't forget the chronicles of narnia even Whoa. if the films kind of got... Is she the queen? Yeah, she, she was, was yeah, Ice, she was Snow, Ice Queen or whatever. 
the the white witch. White witch, yeah, whatever. Snow Queen, Elsa, Snow yeah, whatever. <laughs> they're yeah, all the same. They're all the same. Yeah. Um. You also got Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Not seen it. Uh, Moonrise Kingdom. Not seen it. Snowpiercer. Not Grand seen Budapest it. Hotel. I've seen that. She's great in Grand Budapest Hotel. She also, I I really enjoyed her in Constantine, when she plays like an evil angel, and she does like this very fascinating performance hmm. I, I, she's just kind of like this weird like ambiguous gender kind of angel kind, you know like since it's she was like in this not a called human angel where she was a weird angel ho, 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 ho. the movie's called constantine but yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm just giving you a hard time um it's really great an adaptation i've not seen that you've not seen adaptation Aaron, that's a that's an Aaron movie. Aaron, what's it about? Wait, what, wait, what is this about? Um, I feel like I've heard of this. Uh, it's so it's uh, I forget the screenwriter. Gosh, oh Charlie Kaufman. Okay, so Charlie okay, Kaufman yeah. had to. He he was like a sign, not a sign or whatever. He took the job to write the movie version of the Orchid Thief, but he realized he couldn't write a movie on the book, so he wrote a movie about him writing the movie on the Orchid Thief. And Nicolas Cage plays Charlie Kaufman. It's okay. I definitely do need to. See it, this. It's a Spike yes, Jones movie right. as well. Yeah, it's... you have you have Sp- Spike Jones. You got Charlie Kaufman. You got yeah. Meryl Streep. Nicholas Cage. I'm I'm there. You, yeah, you've sold me. Yeah, I can't um, believe you haven't seen this. To be honest, that's one that I was expecting. I, it's something I've heard the name of before, but I never. Like yeah. knew anything about it. If I had known that was the concept, of course I would have seen yes. it. Yes. <laughs> um, also, I want to mention Tilda Swinton, great little cameo in Trainwreck as well. Um, that's good. I figured you would have. I saw that in her filmography, but I was like, I don't remember that movie well she's, enough to remember where she was. You remember the movie that they go and see with Daniel Radcliffe, or like the dog walker or whatever? Yes. She is the woman in that movie or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So she's. She pokes fun at herself a little bit, so that's nice. Um, yeah, do we want to move on to the guys? Oh, yeah. To the boys? Who wants to go first? Or am I going to go first? That would make sense for me to go first. Um, let me pull his, pull his little little IMDb page up. Sounded weird for a moment. Um, so I was thinking, like I said earlier, I was going to go with Michael Keaton, but then I looked and I'm like, a lot of your stuff's not that good, Michael Keaton. You have some really great stuff, and then you have Batman, and then everything in between is bad. Um, but I decided to go with Jeremy Renner, who hasn't had a long list of movies, uh, but the ones he has been in have all been like pretty great, and he's always great in them. Uh, so starting really where I think it starts... Uh, the Hurt Locker, he is great in. Um, I've not seen The Town, but I hear he's great oh, in that. Yes. I need to he, see The he Town. He is good in that. Yeah. Um, Mission Impossible, gross, grossed. <laughs> Ghost Protocol, great in that. Thor, he has like the little, oh, teases Hawkeye. And then that's like, okay, then after that, The Bourne Legacy, the only Bourne movie I've ever seen. That, I just don't understand that. And he's really great in it. Um the Avengers, of course, Arrival. Hawkeye. Yeah, Arrival. Um, Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters. Now, this movie is horrible. So bad. But he's having a good time 
Like, you can tell. He's like, yeah, well, I better make... I might as well make the best of a horrible situation. And there's there's a new unrated cut, I guess. Ooh. <laughs> I, wait, it's, they just made a new. I hope not. Cut, or <laughs> no. that just came up. I, you, I, I don't know. Why would they it, make it like seven years yeah. after the fact? <laughs> it came out 2013. Um, okay. American yeah. Hustle, great. Uh, I haven't seen Mission Impossible Five yet. Um, I mean, he's the same character. Uh, as yeah, so I'm assuming before. he's great in that as well. I have. Yeah, I, I have too. I've, o- I've only seen Mission Impossible 4. I've only seen the four. fourth... Yeah, I've yep. only seen the fourth Mission Impossible and the fourth Bourne movie. So I don't know what that says, but... Um, well, yeah, yeah, you should watch... <laughs> I, I do at need least to watch Mission them. Impossible 1, 3, and 5. You can skip. Two. I hear two is bad. Yeah. Uh, you gotta um, watch. If you, if I gotta watch it. Come on, I gotta watch it. Um, it's so bad. <laughs> Age of Ultron, of course. Hawkeye, Civil War, Hawkeye. He's Hawkeye's awesome in both of those. I think that's where he like really hits his stride. Um, and then Arrival, of course, which I think he's great in. And you know, he's almost fifty years old. So like, really? yeah, he's 46. I, I guess that's kind of almost, I don't know why I said almost. Um, but for only being in, how many movies has he been in? Let's take a look. He's already in a 2017 movie, 30, Wind River? 30 plus movies probably. Well, he would have been filming the, the film. If it's going to be released this year, right. he would have filmed it already, presumably. <laughs> Come on, David. <laughs> No. Well, I'm, no just, I'm just messing. I'm just messing with you. That's why they're listed it though, is because yeah. they already know he's gonna be in it. Um but yeah, for just everything he's been in since the Hurt Locker. And even twenty eight weeks later he's okay in, but he was in he was a National Lampoon's senior trip, nineteen ninety five. What? What is, what is that movie? It's National Lampoon. Yeah, I'm gonna click on it. Um, but he's also in the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Robert Ford, which I hear is good. Have not seen it though, so I can't speak to it. Um, but yeah, just ever since that man, I think he he's got some good stuff coming up, especially with all that Marvel money where he can start taking some more chances. Should be should be interesting to see. It's not like, a like Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, not a conventional pick, I don't think, but one that came to mind when I thought of this. So, who wants to go next with with their? Uh, I mean, man. technically, it would be me. You going for it? Go for it. So, you guys could probably guess who I'm going to choose. It's going to be Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, that's a that's a great choice. That's because I don't know. He only won one. Oscar, <laughs> he only though, so. he only won. He, he only has one Oscar. <laughs> He only won. Very true. He only won one Oscar, and he only deserved one Oscar, but not for the same movie. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but let's let's let's, no, let's get take it going, a look. Right? Let's take a look. Let's take a look. I'm I'm ready to take a deep dive into Leonardo DiCaprio. You have The Revenant, which is where he got his Oscar for. We like The Revenant. Right. It, it was, was it, was it wasn't movie. the one he would have deserved it most for. No. But he was still good in it. Still. I mean, you have the Titanic, that classic of a movie. Yeah, I mean, David, David, do you like Titanic? I've never seen Titanic. Oh, gosh. 
Aaron hates Titanic. I love I Titanic. Every time, like every time we talk hour. about Titanic, you're like, oh, this movie's bad. I'm like, no. I like the last hour of the movie <laughs> where the people <laughs> die. You're That's horrible. Exciting. You're horrible. <laughs> um, it's way too long, though. Like, the whole prologue thing where they're in present day, it's unnecessary. You cut it is. Sure. Like your it is. It is. Yep. I'm pretty sure I would hate the Titanic if you're wondering. Yeah, you probably but would. We're gonna move on. Um, yeah. You have the Wolf on Wall Street. Yes, love the Wolf on that Wall Street. That is the one he would have deserved yeah. an Oscar for. Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Fantastic uh, in that. Especially, have you seen this, David? No. Wolf of Wall Street. Whoa, oh, David, you will love this. the Wolf of Wall Street. That is a David Lacey, movie. Lacey, Lacey, the scene where he's David trying movie. to get into the car. Yeah. Yeah. It's just you know. <laughs> Fantastic. I don't understand how you did not win. No, no, I. God. I mean, that's dedication, right? There. Yeah, he he deserved it for that. I don't. Who won that year? Do we know? Twenty. What was that? Was that would be the twenty fourteen. Yeah. Twenty thirteen. Well, it would be the twenty fourteen Academy Awards. Ah. I'll I'll look it up. Keep going. No, that was um, was that Eddie Redmayne. I think that might have been when Eddie Redmayne won for Theory of Everything. Theory of Everything was 2014. It came out. So, yeah. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. There's also this movie called Before the Flood, which I'm, I'm assuming is some sort of documentary that he was in. Yeah, it's a climate change documentary. Oh, yeah, because he's super big on that. Um, <laughs> he, loves, he loves climate change. He's, he's big on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, got, you have Inception, um, The Great Gatsby, Shutter Island. <clears throat> I, I've, talked, I've beaten that movie to death. Yeah. Still have not seen it. I have another. Oh Dallas Buyers Club, Matthew McConaughey. Oh, okay. J- doesn't deserve it. I love Matthew McConaughey. Doesn't deserve it for you, that movie. You have Catch Me If You Can. You have Django Unchained, The Aviator, which I guess he did great in that. But oh well. Um, what's the one movie that he was in when he was super young and played the mental? What's uh, eating Gilbert Grape? What's eating Gilbert Grape? Yeah, and like, wasn't he super good in that movie too? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because people thought he actually actually was right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Supposedly he was in Critters Three. Guys, I have a yeah, question. That was his debut. Guys, really? I I have a question. Yes. How do we feel about Romeo and Juliet? The the Baz Luhrmann. It's okay. Yeah. Okay, I wanted to know, because there are people who, like, love Romeo and Juliet. They're like, oh, man. Remember when we had to watch it? Because this is, like, freshman year of high school. Oh, um, God, we had to watch, yeah. like, a couple scenes from it. I'm like, this looks really bad. And then I ended up actually seeing the whole thing. I'm like, this is not good. It's not really bad. But when you take things out of context like that, it's just kind of laughable more than anything. Well, I mean, it's kind of hard to mess up Shakespeare. <laughs> To that, you know, the extent where it's a complete disaster. Yeah. You have the script yeah. ready for you. It's like, yeah. this is a tried and true script. Just stick to it. That's, You'll come that's with something true. half decent. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> but yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio, really great yeah, choice. Like it, I can't believe I didn't think of really that one. Great. Um, I personally just love him in Django Unchained when he plays the southern uh, plantation owner and just the the villain just the villain that he plays and how it's a different good he role is for him he doesn't uh-huh. usually he doesn't usually play that kind of role a villain the so. villain yeah and he did really well and then obviously everyone's seen 
the video of like how he broke his hand and like he, he didn't mean to. Did, have you seen that movie? I haven't seen Django Unchained. Oh. No. Oh, there's oh. a part where he like slams like a glass. Oh yeah, I, I've heard. Like yeah, a, I've heard about that. Yeah, like an ashtray or something. <laughs> And he cut his hand open, and he still and just he, kept on geez. going with the scene. And then, yeah, and then he ru- and then he rubs the blood all over the girl's face. Ugh. So, yeah, but like it works, and it's like a phenomenal scene. So, I don't I'm sure know, Quentin Tarantino really enjoyed it too. Oh, God, Quentin's like, yeah, I'm into this. Aaron, I'm into this. Aaron, <laughs> what actor do you think has a great resume? All right, I'm fairly certain you guys will agree with me on this one. Okay. No. Tom Hanks. Oh um, yeah. How did I not think of Tom Hanks? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. This, he, Tom Hanks is a national treasure. He really sure. is. We'll put him up there with Betty White and Danny DeVito. It's yeah, just a national those, those treasure. Three. <laughs> yeah. Those three. Yeah. But I mean, you got you got so many great films. You, you got you got Big. You got Forrest Gump. Even even mm-hmm. though Forrest Gump's not that great of a movie overall, right. you can't it's deny over- that his performance. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Isn't good. Right, right. You got Apollo 13. You got Saving Private Ryan. You got the mm-hmm. Toy Story movies. You got Green Mile, Castaway, Road to Perdition. Catch me if you can. Uh, we're not counting the Polar Express. That's That That was an abomination. Can we also we're, not we're, count... We're... All aboard! <laughs> can we also not count... Um... Gosh, why can't I think of it right now? Oh, the, the Da Vinci Code movies. Can we just kick those out right now and I mean, just be like, he no? Gives his best ever. He tries to save the movies. <laughs> He's like, oh, we're signed up we, for we can't another one. Blame, of these? We can't oh, blame boy. their failure on him. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So I can give you that. You got Charlie Wilson's War. You mm-hmm. got uh, Cloud Atlas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I still want to see Cloud Atlas. Yeah, I would highly recommend this. I mean, it got. Somewhat mixed reception, but I think this is an underrated movie. Is it a David movie? Would David like it? Yeah, maybe. Well, I mean, Jacob thinks I would like The Wolf on Wall Street, which has a lot of sex and a lot of drugs in it. So maybe no, it's a, a David movie. It's a it's comedic. You, you, would, you will you would like, you would it. like it. Really uh, I don't know anyone who's seen The Wolf of Wall Street unless they're like super like easily offended that they're like, oh man, I don't like. Uh, I don't like Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, like, one of the opening shots, he's doing a line of blow off of a girl. So, I mean, <laughs> obviously, if, if if that's too much for you, don't watch Wolf of Wall Street. Let's just preface that right now. <laughs> All right. Continue, Aaron. Uh, you got, more recently, you got, like, Captain Phillips. Yes. Saving Mr. Banks, Bridge of Spies, uh, Sully. Yeah, so like, oh, I like I liked him in Silly. He's very good. All of he's these good. performances, he's just he he can he has range. Yeah, but he's always still he brings that likability to like every single role he's in. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like you definitely look forward to seeing him in a role. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. I I don't know how I didn't think of Tom Hanks. It, just from Toy Story trilogy alone, Tom Hanks <laughs> kills it. Kills it. Uh, did you say Apollo 13? Yes. Okay, I didn't know if I heard that or not. Yeah, Green Mile, did you say that? Yes, I okay. think so. I, 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 I missed, I missed some of them, so I did, I'm I sorry. Try, I tried to hit all the big ones that, you know, everyone's going to be able to yeah. call out, but, you know. All right. 
Well, that's our, our, our actors and actresses with great resumes. Uh, really more of just almost people to watch. You know, if you see them in a movie, usually good. Not sure about Betty White. <laughs> that one, that one, Whoa. maybe. <laughs> Whoa. I'm sorry, David. All right, let's move on to the upcoming movies. We get this uh, Golden Girls arrival going. Oh, no, please tell me that's not happening. Who knows? I don't, oh, okay. I don't know. Netflix, it's not like Netflix a thing. Probably be interested. Oh my god, I know they will. Oh, wasn't oh that god, hot in I, Cleveland? I saw a list. Pause. Pause okay. the whole conversation. Oh I saw my god. A, a clickbait. Well, no, you don't actually have to pause. Oh, I'm just go and say it. I'm sorry. Um, I saw a clickbait article on Facebook today. Mm-hmm. And it was 18 movies that aren't remakes or ba- are based off another movie coming out next year. And I thought it was funny because our the name of our podcast is Reboot Already. The fact that we had to make a list of movies that aren't remakes or reboots. I mean, there's way there's obviously way more than 18 original yeah, movies yeah, coming out obviously. next year. Yeah, I, I agree, but I just thought it's funny how they're like, yeah, we gotta get a list because like the people need this. I'm like, <laughs> but yeah, there are also plenty of reboots. Yep, we got we got that Jumanji reboot. And oh, I'm excited kill for that. me. Uh, let's move on to the upcoming movies of the week. Hey, pardon me, sir. I think you have the wrong car. Order's ready in 30 seconds, not 30 minutes. Unique, original, there's nothing like this. Revolutionary. That's exactly what it is. Guys, before we dive into these actual movies, I want to talk about a trailer I saw. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen this this trailer, but I want to talk to you about it, because I don't know how to feel. Parts of it look interesting. Parts of it look horrible. How do we feel about A Cure for Wellness? I haven't seen it. Didn't see it. You haven't seen the trailer? I recommend you both watch it tonight. Um, Get back to me. Because it's Dane DeHaan and Jason Isaacs. And Jason Isaacs is doing just a really strange German accent. And Dane DeHaan's being Dane DeHaan. But the concept is interesting. So I highly recommend you watch that trailer. And then maybe we'll talk about it next podcast. All right, guys. Let's dive in. Uh, I think it's a decent week um, overall. There's two movies that are exciting. Decent relative to January. January, yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, Let's start with the one that's guaranteed to be awful. Triple X Return of Xander Cage. Hold up, hold up. Wait, there's no guarantee. Hold up, Lazy. Have you seen any triple axes, Lazy? Yes, I saw both of them. <laughs> They're not good. I, I just saw both of them. Like, early, like, just even, like, at, at during Thanksgiving break is when I watched them. Right. And I gotta say, I'm pretty excited to watch this new movie now. It's it's basically... They're, Everything. They're gonna take, they're, they've recognized what's worked with the Fast and Furious franchise. And now they're just gonna, you know, apply that to the Triple X films. And adding Ice Cube. I mean, what what could go wrong? Are, wait, are they adding Ice Cube to this? Oh, one? Ice Cube's yeah. in it. Yeah. He isn't. Yeah. <laughs> this is the tra- yeah. I saw him in a trailer. I'll, yeah. No, I'm definitely, I'm definitely interested in this one. I'm gonna see this movie. This man is skiing with no snow, Jacob. How how can he does it? He's Aaron, Triple X. He's riding a motorbike. Guys, on water. 
guys, he's, 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 it just blows your mind. Guys, you know? just, you're like, how does he guys, do it? Guys, I hear your arguments, but I raise you that it's being directed by DJ Caruso. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you know, so. DJ Caruso did, uh, did, uh, oh, let me, br- let know, me, re- let me read you the, some of the things he's done. <laughs> Disturbia, Eagle Eye, I am number four, The Disappointments Room. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And now okay, Triple X. I'll give him a kind Eagle of like Eye. a downward trend. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> well, no, honestly, I'll give p- more points to Eagle Eye than Disturbia because at least Eagle Eye's a new idea. Disturbia is just a rear re- window. Okay, pause. <laughs> yeah. He did the original Spy Kids. This guy's a genius. Did he really? Yeah. No, he didn't. It says on it says on oh, the he's internet. A, he was a yeah. producer. Oh, no. He basically did the Spy Kids. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, he basically did. <laughs> but anyway. This, this will be his big comeback. I mm-hmm. you know. Okay. This is going to be the thing. It, you know, it has gonna... everything it needs. I haven't seen the second one. And I thought it was on Netflix, but they must have taken it off. I think, yeah, I think they just took it off. That's actually. so dumb. Because I, look, I looked for it because I saw it was coming out. I'm like, I got to watch Triple X 2. I mean, yeah. it's much worse than the first film. Just like Ice Cube is like not giving like any effort whatsoever. It's just like a hilariously awful performance. All right. <clears throat> now I want to like it because Donnie Yen is in it, and he's got the Star Wars love behind him now. So we'll see, we'll see. Well, that, let's move on to the one that I think we're a little shaky on. We're not sure if it's going to be good. We hope it's good. Split. I mean, I'm really excited for this one. I want it to be good. I I it, want it to be good so badly. <laughs> I need this movie to be good. <laughs> like the first time, the first time I saw the trailer, I was like, I want to see this. This actually looks good. And M Night Shyamalan needs this to be good as well. Yeah, he really does. Well, but people like, people like the visitors or the, or what is it called? The visit. People yes. liked that. I didn't see it, but I still have not seen it either. That's one that at least. He's gaining some goodwill back, at least from some people. Um, but yeah, after <laughs> after After Earth, <laughs> it's uh, it's hard to come back from that. Um, the one-two punch of Last Airbender and After Earth. No, like... no, Aaron, it was the five-five punch of <laughs> it was the one-five punch of the village, Lady in the Water, the happening, the Last Airbender, and After. Earth. Now, if we're gonna talk about a losing streak, that okay, is okay, a losing the, the streak. Village, the village is at least a solid two thirds of a movie. Okay. And when you get to the twist, it completely falls apart and it's terrible. Okay. I'll I'll the concede. Rest, yes, I don't agree, but I'll concede. Um. No, he he still he does good directing for at least the first two thirds of that movie, and then you get to the twist. And then it falls apart. We watched then... The Village in English 3, didn't we? Or yeah. yeah, we did. I honestly don't agree that that movie is ever good, to be honest. I don't think it starts good. I don't think the middle's good. And then I don't think the end's good. Well, especially not the end. The end's like... You know what is go- good, though? Mm-hmm. The score. 
by James Newton Howard. I've not heard of enough of films, it. Actually, the happening. That, that's <laughs> yeah. No, I'm I'm serious. For every single M Night Shyamalan film, there is an excellent score. Oh, even right. no matter how trashy the film is, it's like the the one thing I look forward to. Or of course now I'm actually looking forward to Split because this looks like you know it could actually be something. But obviously I've heard that there is, of course, a twist. And so maybe the movie will all just depend on whether that twist works or not. Critics are liking it so far. I mean, you got like... When's that come out? Uh, This week. But yeah, like Thursday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, But yeah, just as far as cast goes, uh, James McAvoy, obviously, from what we've seen in the trailer and just other things he's been in, he has the range to play a role like this. So I think that was a great choice. Um, and then Anya Taylor-Joy. I'm very excited to see what she does in this movie because she's fantastic in The Witch. Um, so I- I'm excited. I'm excited. And then apparently Haley Lou Richardson's in this as well. And she was uh, the best friend in The Edge of Seventeen. So kind of seen oh, okay. some from her. She's pretty good. Uh, but yeah, that's one that I think I'll probably end up seeing hopefully this weekend. I'm interested enough so we'll see all right uh then moving on to the founder um what do we think about the founder guys it i mean i, I think it's gonna be good yeah but i also think obviously they they felt like this was gonna be an oscar contender and then it yeah it's not looking good for it so you can't help but wonder what exactly is not like completely working with this film you know yeah. Yeah. That's hmm. everything I've seen, every trailer I've seen, I'm like, this looks entertaining. Because I remember like you said, when it was coming out, they were like, This is going we're putting it out in August, this is going to be Oscar cont- Oscar contending. Um then they moved it back to January. Never a good sign. Um and it looks entertaining. I don't know that it ever looks anything more than that, though. Um, but Michael Keaton looks like he's doing God's work up there, you know. More power to him. Nick Offerman's in it. Love Nick Offerman. So, you know, you got, uh, you got Linda Cardellini, uh, who was Velma in the Scooby-Doo movies. Um, yes. Also, also in Avengers Age of Ultron. Um, you got BJ Novak. I uh, got Laura Dern, who just Laura Dern's just in movies now again. All of a sudden, we're like, "Oh, Laura Dern, what happened? We loved you, and now, oh, now you're back. All right, cool." Um, just, just like Sam Neill in Hunt for the World. That's a great point. That's a great point. Um, you got Patrick Wilson. They're, they're, they're gearing up for Jurassic Park Five. Oh my God, no. We're gonna have to talk about Jurassic World too eventually because it's coming out at some point but um i just the more and more i think about it the more i'm like we don't need this though like jurassic world as much as aaron likes to say is not good i, I don't what i don't say it's do you not say good. it's not good someone says it's not good i can't remember who now i said wow. it's okay i i don't think mouth. it was great by any means but it's it was fun no it was yeah the second best of the franchise <laughs> that's mm, Yes. Uh, Lost World, though? 
when the T-Rex is running through the city at the end. At least it's like, fun. <laughs> no, that, that I the great sequence. He just like in... somehow sneaks on board this cargo ship and eats all the crew. But he doesn't sneak safely. He doesn't sneak. They take. They purposely take him. That's the whole premise of the end of the movie. Is that they're purposely bringing him back? There's some. Hang on. Uh... <laughs> he got hair in his mouth. I did. I wish I could see it. <laughs> Do you still not have video for Aaron? I still don't have video for Aaron. <laughs> it's, been, it's been so long. Okay. Um. Yeah. But yeah. Um. Never mind. We'll we'll talk about this at some point. I'm sure. Yeah. We're um, we're off Yeah. But yeah. Uh, founder. Aaron, David, what do you think? I don't think you've said much about it. I have no idea what it is. So, oh, it's it's a know. it's a biography. It's a biopic on the. I don't. He's not Ray the Kroc. owner. Yeah, Ray, Ray Kroc. I don't know the salesman who turned two brothers' fast food eatery McDonald's into one of the biggest restaurant businesses in the world. So he's not the. The he's guy not the who owner. Made McDonald's. Yeah, McDonald's. Yeah. The franchise McDonald's, as opposed to just. The small restaurant that the two brothers oh, started. Fun. Yeah, I mean, doesn't really sound like anything I'd be into. So, but Michael Keaton—that's the one thing we but, have to keep in mind. But I don't really care. Oh, you don't Keaton, care about Michael him. Keaton? Oh man, <sighs> I would kiss Michael Keaton if he was in the room with me right now. I'll tag him in the video. <laughs> tag tag him or, on the podcast. The yo, podcast. I'll tweet at him when I tweet this episode out. I'll be like, "Yo, Michael Keaton, hey, Michael Keaton come I hang out. I will kiss you." <laughs> I don't understand why you think this is incentive for him to come <laughs> hang out. With you. All right, guys, let's move on to the "What have we been watching?" segment this week. Was it a vacation from hearing? Okay, because if the engine was going, we would hear a go 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 go. Uh, guys, I don't have much, uh, after that big, long week of so many movies, I, uh, you know, I, I need to take a break, I need to step back, write, write some stuff, I, I wrote mini reviews of every movie I saw in 2016, you can check it out at Jake Lays on Tumblr, a little shameless plug in there, uh, but yeah, I, the only Jake thing I saw, a great TV show. <laughs> that, that's oh, a that, wait. That's a the plug. that's a shameless plug shameless action. plug. <laughs> uh. All right, um, but <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I saw La La Land. Um, yeah, it, I I still love it. So my favorite movie of the year. So my favorite movie of probably a few years now. Um, so highly recommend for me. Um, also watched a couple episodes of Always Sunny because my sister's watching it and I just kind of hopped in and watched a couple episodes. Um, an episode I completely forgot about for some reason is the one where Mac and the waitress are dating or like Charlie thinks they're dating. And so Charlie is trying to, or no, Dennis is trying to get Charlie to be best friends with him instead. And there's the great moment where they leave the, uh, 
the walkie-talkie on in Dennis's room when the waitress oh, yeah. is there. And he's like, the only way it's going to work for me is if you dress like, or is if we dress like Charlie and Dennis. And they're like, well, well Max gay. <laughs> just like instantly. And then she's like, what? And then she's like, well, I'll dress like Charlie. No, no. You be Dennis, I'll be Charlie. It's the only way it's going to work for me. <laughs> it's just that great misunderstanding there. And they never explain throughout the whole episode. Like, it never gets explained why they needed to dress like them. Uh, but yeah, watch that. And then I'm taking a short film class, or how to write short films class, basically. Um, and we've been watching uh, a bunch of short films. So here's a couple that you can find on YouTube. They're, I enjoyed them for the most part, but I'll talk about them. All right, so there's The Gunslinger. Aaron, have you seen The Gunslinger? I don't think so. Wow, why not just ask me if I've seen it? David, like, no, David, I, I know you haven't seen it. <laughs> I know you would like it, though. You would like The Gunslinger. It's a good comedy uh, short film. Um, also, the narrator is... Uh, gosh... We just were talking about him. Oh, Nick Offerman. Betty White. Um, yeah, Betty White. Nick Offerman, Adam Devine's in it. it it's a fun little short film, a uh, little Western comedy thing. Uh, so highly recommend that. Um, there's one called Doodlebug, uh, the Christopher Nolan uh, short yes, film. Yes, I have seen that one. That, 19, 1997, I think that it said. So like that's like right at, as he was getting started and... I think he made that in film school. Man, it's really good for being, like, a film school. I'm like, this is where Christopher Nolan started. What hope does anyone have? It's just, like, it's very atmospheric, and you're just like, man. You can see from there that, like, he turned into this big thing. I mean, it's obviously not as good as his other stuff. I mean, he doesn't have the budget for it, or even the talent or skill at that point. But it's very interesting to watch something that far back from a director that you really respect and see how their work has evolved from that. So I was like, imagine being like um, one of these big directors, like, like short films back in film school. Like, Oh yeah. I was in Christopher Nolan's like short film back in, (laughs) back when he was 20 in college. Yeah. People are what? Pay me 20 bucks. (laughs) Not a big deal. Um, yeah, there was one called method. And I have to check and see who's in this. Um, but did you guys watch Boy Meets World? Nope. I've seen it That's at some point. No? Really, guys? How have we never talked about Boy Meets World on here for one thing? Um, Probably because it's an awful show. What? No, Boy Meets World is awesome. Don't, don't you dare. Um, but yeah, it was made by Ryder Strong. By Ryder, yeah, Ryder Strong. Uh, directed it, and it was written by his wife, who is on... She's on a show right now, and I can't figure out which one. It's called The Fosters. Never heard of it. but uh, I think that's cancelled already. Oh, well, never mind. But uh, it's a it's a comedy, kind of, the, the woman gets uh, cast in a role as a, a prostitute. Um, so she goes extremely method actor, and does... Le- actually prostitutes herself it's very weird it's a little uncomfortable at times but it's very well shot well made well written um very funny um but yeah so those are the ones that i saw i saw a couple more but nothing really worth talking about um so yeah i don't know 
If you just have like 20 minutes, go watch a couple of those. They're pretty good. Oh, the other one I want to talk about. Uh, it's called Clean Sheets. Um, that one's fairly new. I don't know how this one came up because he, my, my professor that's teaching this class is also taking a class on um, screenwriting because he just takes one like every semester or whatever. Um, and like whatever, his teacher suggested all these, so we were watching them. I want to look it up. Um, clean Sheets. I highly recommend that one. It's very... It's a very short, very, like, quiet one, but it also is very interesting. Um, yeah, Clean Sheets, um, made by Robin Mason. So, they've not done anything else, but interested to see where, uh, where they go. I don't know. Just things I've been watching. So, what have you guys been watching? Well, I mean, I have a very short list as well this week. So, I'm just going to kind of scoot right in there. In there. Scoot it, I watched scoot a few right episodes in. of Always Sunny as well. I watched The Dentist System. Okay. Uh, God, of, I love The Dentist One of the system. best episodes of the show. Uh, I just like how he explains the system, then everyone just messes up, and he's like, no, you're not following this. Like, you have, he just freaks out. I just love it. The problem with that episode, I think, is that that opening sequence where he's teaching them the dentist system is so much better than everything else in the episode, just because of the part where he's like, welcome to hell, <laughs> over the phone. Uh, it gets me every time. It's so horrifying. Like, who, who? But yeah, that's... Uh, that's a really great episode. Uh, yeah. Uh, I saw a couple movies. I saw Goon on Netflix. Oh, okay, yeah. That's the hockey movie. Wasn't bad. I, was, no, Goon, yeah, Goon's all right. I like it. Just fine. I was like, all right. Two things. Oh, I can't say that. No, pro- no probably fun. not. <laughs> it's a very but, inappropriate film. <laughs> Uh, it was it was like a stupid funny. Uh, it would just it fit the moment. Yeah, it, it's very slapstick. Yeah, I got like, you. I got you. And then I saw a movie called Why Him. Oh, with James Franco. Oh, oh no. I, what do you mean? Oh no. I kind of enjoyed it. I was like, okay, James Franco. Like, you do you. I I wasn't like I didn't know how I felt about it, but like I came out pleasantly. Like in a pleasant mood, I enjoyed the movie. I don't, I don't know what that says about says about me. Hey man, but if you can get enjoyment out of it, I mean, good on you. I mean, I mean, wait, did you see this, Lacey, or not? Oh yeah, I did. Uh, it was, you didn't I like it, right? No, it was in my bottom part of the list. Like it was in my first post that I made. <laughs> so it was in my bottom ten. I'm not, um, I'm not saying that. No, like... no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. No, bottom twenty. Yeah, it wasn't my bottom ten because the bottom ten is really atrocious. So. Not saying that like, oh my gosh, like this is the funniest movie ever. Like yeah. I loved it, I, but did this movie make me laugh? Yes, it no. did. Do I like seeing it? Did it make you laugh? No. no. I laughed once in the entire movie, and every other time, like they're trying too hard right now. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I mean, it. I don't know. Just hit the right buttons for me this time. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron, have you seen this movie? No, I have not. It didn't look very good. I saw it with Marisa. Marisa wanted to see it, so you know, um, girls make you go see movies. Um, the one thing that was weird to me when I was watching this movie is that at the party scene, Toby Turner, the YouTube person, is in this movie. 
Like, he's in the background, and then he just has does not have one line in the whole movie. And then he's just gone. I'm like, okay, you get, like, one of the biggest people on YouTube, have him say no lines, and then he's gone. <laughs> like, all right, that's fine. I don't care, but it I was like, weird I to me. How through, uh, they throw Grand Rapids, Michigan. Oh, yeah, yeah. A lot of Michigan references. I was like, represent, but I, I, when Brian Cranston was talking, I was like, why are you cooking? Why are you cooking meth? Why are you cook? Why are you doing drugs right now? Like, why? Why aren't you raising three children in Middle America right now? Where's the crystal? Come on, Malcolm, the middle, Aaron. Get on my level. No one, no, no one thinks of Malcolm in the middle for Brian Cranston. Are you kidding anymore. me? That's all I think you gotta, of. You got to get with the program. No, that and Godzilla, because he's awesome in Godzilla. He's in, like, a third of God's Yeah, world. and everything he does in that movie is awesome. Well, maybe they should have kept him around for the whole thing, though. Yeah, that was kind of disappointing. Uh, David, is that all you watched but, this week? Oh, no, okay. No. Oh, okay. And, internet, I remember how I told Aaron and Jacob to text me, like, some movie series? <laughs> oh, yeah, movie series, neither of us did that, did we? Watch. <laughs> Guess what didn't happen? <laughs> I, I, I made my opinion very clear. Wet Hot American I said, Summer. I said text me. I didn't so do that. I, I don't text. I told you, Dexter, so you can understand my pain. And guess what I'm watching. Oh, no. Dexter. <laughs> well, you're, I'm, I'm guessing you, you're enjoying it. Thus far. <laughs> that, I am. I'm on season one, episode ten. Exactly, yeah. Season one, I will stand by is good. I will stand by this is good television. Season one is definitely worth a watch. Like I'm trying to figure out who, like the killer, and like I don't know. Like I, he's an inter- Dexter is an interesting character, and I like how he talks inside his head, and like how he's just like, man, I wish I had emotions. Like I, you, I, I, you I, like it now, you won't like it in a couple seasons from now when it becomes so completely overbearing. Like they. They over rely on the voiceover narration in later seasons, and it just because like they'll have him like plainly state like things that literally just happened, and it's like why why are you even doing this? This is completely unnecessary. Yeah, and see, yeah, and so I'm trying, but I'm trying to go into this with like I know you say like oh like after season one gets off, but I'm trying to I'm, I'm committed. I'm gonna watch all of it. And I'm trying to go into it with an open mind. Yeah. You know I, mean, I mean? And, and half of me wants to like it and, like, argue for it just to spite you, Aaron, because you know it's fun. <laughs> okay. But, uh... When you get to the finale, it is indefensible. Not not even you can defend this finale. This is the I... worst episode of television I have ever seen in my life. I Worse am, than yeah, anything I, that Scream did? I absolutely hate it. No, I hate it more than anything Scream has ever done. Is, that's how atrocious this finale is. I am David Becker, so we'll, we'll see. If, we'll see if I'll be able to defend it, even if I may not like it. Maybe I'll still be able to. Defend I it. I honestly want to see you try, but I Aaron, don't think you can do it. He defended Prometheus, a film he's never seen, <laughs> and you think he's Prometheus? It's an okay movie, though. This is a dumpster fire. This is just oh, utter sure. garbage. <laughs> well. I don't know. I'm, I'm liking it so it's far. It's a slap in the face to everyone who spent eight seasons watching that show. 
And what is he? He Dexter, the the actor who plays Dexter, looks so familiar. What else is he in? I'm not sure. Or is I that all? Is he only Dexter? Biggest... He... No, he's been in other stuff. I is can't he only Dexter? Like as big as Dexter. I think he's that's what he's mainly known for. But he might have been in something else you saw. Yeah. Michael C. Hall is his name. Yeah, I'm going to look that up. I'm, what, I'm looking him on. up right now. Oh, is that your list? David, don't type. It's loud. <laughs> I'll look it up. <laughs> That's the, that's all he's really been in. Um, Aaron, what have you been watching this week? All right. I watched I watched this film called Gentleman Broncos. It was from it's from the director of Napoleon Dynamite. I think this is like his third film after Napoleon Dynamite and Nacho Libre. Okay. In this film. He made Nacho Libre too. He made Nacho Libre, yeah. Oh my gosh, I, I want to meet this director. Holy crap! Yeah, but keep in mind, he also did Masterminds. So he, I haven't seen Masterminds, so I can't. He, he's he's dropped off quite a big cliff. So basically, I was with my siblings in like Dollar General, and we find this Blu-ray of Gentleman Broncos, and it's like from the director of Napoleon Dynamite. And starring Jermaine, uh, Jermaine Clement. Clement from Play of the Concords. So mm-hmm. we're like, okay, sold. Especially since it's like three bucks for the Blu-ray. Yeah. And so we watched this. And J- Jermaine is funny. I mean, <laughs> like, the his character, because like it's this weird story. It's like this kid who wants to become like a sci-fi author or something. So he goes off to this camp to learn how to write novels and then like Jermaine is like a teacher and a famous science fiction author okay. at this camp or whatever. And so there's definitely some solid material with uh his character. But on the whole this movie is just like so bizarre and so <laughs> just it it's like it you can't exactly describe it as funny, but it's also just like it's never not interesting okay it's one of those films where you're just like sometimes you're like i don't understand why they went in this direction or like this is actually kind of really painful to watch (laughs) like i i i I don't want to watch this but it's always it was always interesting that's the best way you could phrase the experience of watching this movie all right it's like it's like if you like napoleon dynamite you might like this movie because it try- it basically tries to recapture the Napoleon Dynamite style, yeah. But it doesn't do it. It never does it nearly as well. It kind of runs out of ideas like after twenty minutes. Napoleon but... Dynamite was just lightning in a bottle, man. There, you can't you can't get it again. Like it's gone. Just let it die. <laughs> like, but it was good while it lasted. Mm-hmm. But you got you got uh, Sam Rockwell plays like they do this thing where it's like they uh, show the, the the main character wrote like a, this really terrible sci-fi novel and then they'll, they'll continually cut to like clips of like Sam Rockwell playing the main character from this sci-fi novel and that those parts are also really entertaining because you know I believe that he, yeah he just really commits to the role even though it's like the dumbest sci-fi you've ever heard of or. <laughs> So right. it's like, it was a mixed experience. Probably wouldn't recommend it, unless you're curious, based right. on 
those elements like we right. were. Right. I also watched since they put this on Netflix. I watched <sighs> Alice Through the Looking Glass. Oh, not what I thought you were gonna say. I watched the Sins video to Alice Through the Looking Glass. Why is there time travel in this movie? <laughs> it's so dumb. Just uh. like. I don't understand why this is the concept they went with. Oh it doesn't God. fit into the Alice in Wonderland world. Like you can't, you can't do time travel rules in Wonderland. It no. doesn't work. One is like overly explained, and Wonderland is supposed to be just like this magical realm where like nothing makes sense. You yeah, can't, you can't just throw in the, all these time travel rules. It's 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 so bad. Just the story is nonsense and just. Mm-hmm. So poorly written, and the, the movie, the movie itself, it was just so awkwardly strung together. Like there's moments where they're just like jumping from. It 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 definitely feels like you can you can tell like when like the the filming of a scene began and ended, and when the next scene like it doesn't flow together well. Mm. It's just like okay. a scene and then another scene, and it's like they try to connect them, but it's just not well put together. Right, it's way too long. Not very entertaining. And then there's this... It was very uncomfortable to watch because obviously when this was first coming out, we also got all the allegations against Johnny Depp came out. And so I... I have not heard any of those allegations. Basically, he was accused of assaulting his ex-wife. Yeah. Oh, great. Oh, great. So, but like... It was. I had almost forgotten about those allegations until I watched this film. Oh, no. And like the the plot of this film is that, like Alice Alice goes back to Wonderland, and then she meets the Mad Hatter, who, like, suddenly believes his family survived from like a the attack by the Jabberwocky, like whatever, however many years ago. Something that he would have like, been talking about last movie. <laughs> like, why would he just now suddenly believe this? It's such a stretch. But then there's this awkward part where he's just like, I know my family is alive and I need Alice to go find them. And then Alice is like, your family is dead. And then the Mad Hatter is just like, you're not my real Alice. My real Alice would save my family. So he basically kind of like guilts Alice into going back and stealing this time travel device just to appease him. Because he can't get over the fact that his family might be dead. And it's just such an uncomfortable, abusive oh relationship God. that you're just like, this This is so bad. It's knowing what Johnny Dow oh, was no. actually It's supposed to be of. a mad relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You tried. No. I'll give you a try on that one. <laughs> There's a, a great sin in the Sincast video, or Sincast, um, Cinema Sins video, uh, where it's just, they're like, I'm just sitting Anne Hathaway on this one. Not her character, just Anne Hathaway. Because <laughs> they just play like a clip of her acting, and I'm like, yep, that's really bad. <laughs> like, yep. she, she doesn't care anymore. At least not for this story, but. Aaron I... is mouth. No, no, I I think Anne Hathaway is a great actress. She, I just don't think she cared with this movie. Yeah, I mean, understandably. Because no, it's yeah, just, it's not good. Also, wasn't the Red Queen or the Queen of Hearts dead at the end of the last movie? No, she was just banished. I guess. Way to ruin it for I'm me. I'm pretty sure they behead her in that movie. I'm. I don't even remember. I don't remember either. Movie. It's been so long. I don't know. 
it's it's not a very memorable movie. No. And I don't understand why they thought people wanted a sequel. No. Uh, because it made so much money because everyone was high on 3D when Avatar came out. And they're like, give me more. Give me more of that 3D. Right. Alice in Wonderland's here. It wasn't shot in 3D, but we'll give it to you anyway. Oh, give me that IMAX. Oh, I want it. Oh, I love Avatar because <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think some, I think uh, Lacey has some anger issues with, with uh, Avatar that he needs to work through. No. Uh, if... Show us on the doll where Avatar <laughs> hurts you, Lacey. If you like Avatar, more power to you. I think it's a garbage film. But anyway, let's move on. Aaron, what else have you been watching? All right. So returning to that Dollar General oh, where we were picking up cheap Jesus. movies. There was another movie that caught my eye because you got, it's this movie called Shocker. And this is a movie directed by Wes Craven. And so I was like, Wes Craven, I've never even heard of this film. So <laughs> yeah. I, I pick it up, mm -hmm. I read the back, mm -hmm. and it, it this just sounds like an amazing movie. It's about like this, this serial killer who is like, has this connection to this football killer in his dreams or something. I've heard of this movie. And then he movie. gets electrocuted and, like, he gets uh, sentenced to the electric chair. But yeah. then he just gains electricity powers and he tries to hunt down this football player. But then eventually, like, they end up in a TV and start, like, chasing each other through channels or whatever. Yeah. And I was just like, I was reading the synopsis, and I was just like, this sounds amazing. There's so much stupid stuff going on, and it's from Wes Craven. I have to buy this. So I watched it, and it is so bad. <laughs> like, I don't understand how Wes Craven could have fallen so hard. Because obviously, Nightmare on Elm Street is like one of my favorite films of all time. Yeah, yeah. And then this film is just so poorly made. Like, this is a film that's basically on the level of all those films I was watching for my blog series. Like, really? this could have fit in among those. That it's bad? so poorly made. Yeah. Save it for next year, man. Rewatch it and do it again. I, I might. I don't know if I want to sit through it again. <laughs> but... Yeah. I was I was very disappointed because I was like this is this is you know like a perfect concept you got a great director behind it I mean what could go wrong but yeah it all went wrong it all went wrong that's a yeah huh yeah wow I I mean I've heard of this film I don't know how or when but I have heard of this oh oh because yeah never mind I'll tell you off air. Yeah, but I have heard of this movie. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, all right. Well, maybe you'll be seeing that one again around October if Aaron can bear it for maybe, one more maybe. one more time. And I'll get into more detail about my disappointment with Wes Craven. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad to know that he bounced back from that, yeah. you know, into the into New Nightmare and the Scream franchise. Right. If I had been watching that, like, when it first came out, I would have been like, what, what guy, is happening? All right, what else? What else have you been watching? I also watched Sully. Oh, okay. Which I obviously brought up earlier with. I didn't know you had already I seen I'd it. Save it for here too. Yeah. Talk about it. So, it's a good movie. I, yeah. I suppose. Mm -hmm. I think Tom Hanks 
as I've stated before, it's a great actor. He gives a great performance. And I do think, like, Clint Eastwood's directing is pretty good for most of it. Yeah. Like, the, the plane, the actual sequences of the plane, like, landing and everything are actually very exciting. Yes. And everything. But I do also think it's kind of like, I don't know, maybe it's just like the structure of the film just felt off to me. It just felt like it was kind of jumping around a bit too much. Yeah, I mean, it was like a lot of, you kept on returning to this same flashback. And I kind of get what they were going for, you know, like examining it from all these different angles. Yeah. But I also feel like they didn't show the differences enough between like these different perspectives to warrant, you know, continually returning to it. Yeah, the the one flashback sequence that I actually really liked, it was probably my favorite one of all of them, other than when they put them all together at the end, which was cool, um, is the one from the, I think it's from the airport, like air traffic control, that guy, as he's just hearing everything, and he's, like, just when he thinks he's lost it, it's just, like, that's a good, that's a fine piece of acting from you, sir. Don't know your name. Probably will never see you in another movie again, but good job, sir. You got me on that. So that's what I liked at least. But and just just a nitpicky note though. The lighting in this movie is pretty bad. Oh, I, oh, Jacob, I'm, I'm Jacob's sorry. like. I, I, you guys both had your nitpicks for Doctor Jacob, Strange and whatever, or, or Cafe Society. Jacob's a crazy man when he thinks the Cafe Society lighting's bad. Oh, you're just insane. Oh, Sully, though. Sully, that lighting is actually bad. <laughs> oh. it wasn't, no, please it was continue. Every scene that I noticed, it, but there was just some scenes where it was just like, it was way too dark. And it just kind of, like, distracts you from the actual performances. Yeah. Like you can't even, like, see what Tom Hanks is doing because it's so dark. And then there's, like, other... There was, like, this other scene when they're, like, around this conference table where, like, the lighting was so bad. You just got, like, uh... Uh, what's her name? The actress from Breaking Bad, who was one of, like, the people on the board reviewing the case or whatever. And just, like, her face was just, like you know, so pale because like the lighting was so off. Like it looked inhuman and it was very distracting. No, I know that they didn't actually shoot this like on the plane or whatever, but I feel like they were going for the whole natural light feel. And I don't, I I don't know that they got it. I don't think they got it every time, but there are some shots like when the plane is in the river and it's dark in the cabin but you just see that light at the end. I'm like, that's a cool shot. I like that. I like the lighting there, but I can see what you're saying. I, I agree with you on some of these. Right. That's what that's what I'm what I was I thought too is that they were going for that natural lighting, but then they didn't get it right every single time. Yeah. And then it just it, I don't know why, but it just distracted me more than Man, what, lighting usually does in a film. When it sticks out to you it's impossible not to see it anymore. That's what I saw when I watched Cafe Society. Like, if I were to watch this and I didn't notice that everything was yellow the first time I watched it, I would probably just watch the whole thing and be like, all right. But as soon as you do see it, then every single scene you're looking, that's really yellow. Why is everything so yellow in this movie? Oh, uh, New York's regular colored. Why is California so yellow? (laughs) Like, I don't know. But yeah. All right, well. I think we're yeah. all kind of on the same boat with Sully. We're all uh, very... It was, it 
was good. It was a... Yeah, it was, it was good, but it wasn't. It wasn't great. Did you but catch was... the Grand Torino huge poster in Times Square? How though, did you miss it? Oh my God! It's so <laughs> self-indulgent. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> I, I, I just groaned. I was just like, no, no, Clint Eastwood. That's not even at the time the movie would have been out. Like, what is he... Wait, is... when did this event happen? I, I, I'll have to check. I did, like, research on it. Research. I just checked when Gran Torino came out and when uh, this, like, incident happened. But I'm like, that does not line up. But I'll check again. So you can keep going. All right. That's, that's it for movies. And then for TV... Uh, I'm almost done with Black Mirror. Okay, yeah, Finally I haven't started that yet. The actual Netflix season. Because before I'd been watching the seasons that were originally shown on the BBC. Oh, I didn't even know that. I thought they were all Netflix. Very no, the first interesting. Two, the first two seasons were uh, a BBC production, and then Netflix okay. picked it up for season three. So we finally got to the Netflix episodes, and, you know... They they didn't miss a beat really. I mean, it perfectly transitioned into this like obviously higher budget, and you got some more big names. Like you had big names before in some of the earlier episodes. Like you had Haley Atwell and Donald oh, Gleason okay. and John Hamm and stuff in earlier episodes. But now you got like Bryce Dallas Howard and and uh, I feel like there was another big name in this season. That I'm forgetting, but I I don't know. But yeah. Still highly, highly recommend this show. It's just, it's it's fantastic. It's every single episode. It just, it makes you just reconsider so many things about technology and the prospects of where we're going, all this stuff. And it's always just brutal and haunting and all this stuff. And then I got to this one episode, uh, San Junipero, which is like the the middle episode of season three, the Netflix season. Mm-hmm. In this episode, I don't want to spoil anything for you because I know you're going to watch this at some point. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This episode is a masterpiece of television. <laughs> There's just a murder happening in David's apartment right now. <laughs> not for real. Please, no one. Not for hey, real. Man. There's not a real There's murder. no murder. It's probably a murder happening in Madden. Any podcast listener would probably be a bit late. Yeah, good point. Oh my god, you forget to hit publish one time and forget to edit one time, and it's all a big mess. Yeah, gosh. Um, you to think we should try to give him more no, responsibilities. My my super sleuthing was wrong. It's feasible that this could happen, although it's not because there is no way a banner that big for Gran Torino would ever be put up in Times Square. But the timing would be December 12th, 2008 for Gran Torino, January 2009 for Sully to happen. So it's feasible, but not at the same time because there is no way. (laughs) There's no way. Anyway, continue. Good episode. So yeah, this this episode, I don't want to. I don't even really want to say anything about it because you know it's it's a film that like really eases you into the concept and just as it grows, you're just it's just incredible what this episode is doing and it's very interesting because it's it has a much different tone, I suppose, than any other episode of the season. 
or okay. the entire series. So it's, it's definitely like an outlier among the rest of the show, but it's like it's like a good outlier. Like this is phenomenal television. Like I I can't even describe the way this episode made me feel. But all right, I'm I'm gonna when I do the errands. The those errands. Are coming up, they are coming up. They are coming up. I'm I'm introducing a best TV episode category. Ooh, that's a good choice. That's I good was actually going to do this before I saw this episode, but now after I've seen this episode, I'm just telling you guys this episode is my number one. <laughs> this, Wait. It, this is my the, one of the best what episodes the of television. Is, are the errands your own personal? Yeah. Uh, Basically, on, on my blog, I just give out awards like the Oscars would. Oh, very, very interesting. Very pretentious, but, you know. Very pretentious because Star Wars won something last year, and, you know, the the Academy, they're so stuck up, they're like, Star Wars, no. I spit in your face, Star... Annie Hall is better than you, Star Wars. Aaron. Yes. Can I, can I donate some time or effort and have there be a special category called the David? What 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 would the David be awarded for? Well, I mean, I wouldn't want to steal any of your thunder from all your errands, so I would have to see what you, what I got left. It, it, he covers uh, like basically everything. If it's the same but, as last but, year, oh. I don't know. So you could get like some kind of really obscure, exactly cutest, yeah, cutest butt in Hollywood, twenty sixteen edition. <laughs> Kyle Chandler, no, number one. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh, I said Kyle Stop. Chandler for some reason, and I don't know why. <laughs> Does he have a good butt? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even know. I don't think I've ever even seen Kyle Chandler's butt, to be honest. But I'd have to, I'd have to think back on every film I've seen with him in it. Yeah, so I don't and, remember. I mean, do you already have the list of my categories? Yeah, I have it. Hit, do, you, do you have it in, like, text form where you can, like, hit me up? I mean, I could write it up real quick and send it to you. Yeah, do that. All right, well, Off the podcast, though. Let's keep it moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. the final thing I watched, I finished season 11 of Always Sunny. Uh, and Aaron, and Aaron, and Aaron, what is the best episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia? I don't know if it's the best episode. What is the best series? episode of season 11? Mac and Dennis moved to the suburbs. <laughs> and he's right. <laughs> it's amazing. I rewatched it as well. It, it lived oh, up man. to the hype. Yeah. You, you, were, you were right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Such an incredible concept. <laughs> <laughs> the road rage is so real. Yeah. Oh, my God. The road rage scenes are perfect. <laughs> you cow. You cow. <laughs> he's like, merge, merge. And then he comes home and the neighbor's like, how you doing? And he's like, oh, <laughs> sure is a hot one today. <laughs> There's, I just love like the scene where he's like, oh yeah, where like the first day he comes back, he's like, oh yeah, what did uh, what you do today? Oh, I put up the TV. He looks back. There's just holes in the wall. He's like, I missed the stud a couple times. Yeah, he searched for it a couple times. <laughs> and then. Uh, and the whole reason he doesn't let Matt go to work with him is because he doesn't want to listen to his CD for like 30 minutes. Uh, yeah. The, the, yeah. Where he's like, oh, how have you not been hearing that beeping the whole time? I hate you! 
you have to sleep, you have to sleep with the old man. Why? Oh, this is an old yeah. black man. Don't call him old black man. Just call him old man. <laughs> it, can't, it can't be two things. Now it's, now it's two things. <laughs> The great the line that I forgot about, but it, it made me crack up this time was where he was like, uh, "It's like and we'll have the and we'll have the black man." <laughs> now you got me saying it. The old man sleep at the <laughs> yeah. at the foot of the bed. <laughs> like whoa, like a dog. Are, are you calling black people dogs, Dennis? No, no. Why would you say that? <laughs> it's just it's such like a well delivered line, and like Mac is like Dennis. Why would you ever say that? It's horribly I, I, cringy, but it's amazing. I also really like um, the gang hits the slopes. Yeah. Oh, agreed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was probably my second favorite of the. And season. then I also like um, Frank falls out the window because they revisit a whole bunch of just like old episodes. Like I don't know, I just thought it was hilarious when D got the got back in the helmet when they got hooked on. Was it cocaine? Crack? Yeah. Um, yeah, when they got hooked on crack again, and they're like, oh, look, we just apply for welfare. It's like, oh, we don't even have to explain anything. We just fill out this paperwork. It's so much easier now. Like, great. Aaron. <laughs> I don't know. Aaron. Yeah. How did you feel about the Gilmero del Toro cameo, though? Wait, where was he? He was he was Pappy, Pappy McPoyle. In the courtroom episode? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even pick that up. Yeah. Oh, God, it's great. It's perfect. Oh, uh, I, I'm always into some good bird law, I'll tell you that. Oh, my God. His uncle consistently gets funnier and funnier. Like, he has the huge hands. And he's like, nice to meet you. What if he, like, points into the <laughs> He's, like, high-pitched screaming, don't look, don't look, don't look, don't look. <laughs> and then, they, then it cuts and it comes back to just duct tape. Yeah, oh, my God, yeah. And then the final two-part two part episode, the gang goes to hell. I like that a lot. I think it would have worked better as just one episode, though. Personally. Yeah, like, agree. I get what they were going for with, like, the second part with them just being, like, kind of trapped mm-hmm. in that room. But, like, it, it did feel like it was stretched a bit then. There, yeah. there is that great line where he's like, well, we cut our conflict resolution down to four hours. That's good for us. <laughs> I also liked, um, oh, they got orange juice. You mean the mixer? Like, what? <laughs> the mixer? People just drink that without... Just drink the mixer straight? It's like, yeah, they got a Coke mixer over here, too. It's pretty okay. Oh, yeah, Dennis is trying to use, like, the implication on the boat again. And, oh, yeah. and then she's Dee's talking like, about her implication. <laughs> she's like, maybe I call the sheriff's office. Maybe our stories don't line up. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> They're all horrible, just horrible people. But you like, you care about them at the end of that season, where you're like, "Oh, that's kind of sad." But then you're like, oh, "Obviously, that's not gonna happen." But you still care about the characters, so I don't know. Oh, yeah. I, like- I will say though that that being Frank, probably the worst episode yeah. the show's done. Yeah, it's just, not good. It didn't work. I did like his, his talk inside his head. Is like, "Crap, crap, deflect, deflect." <laughs> Do you're a bird, like. His, yeah, his witty one things like that, but like, oh. well, the thing with Frank is that he only works in conjunction with the other characters, because Frank is just so like one note. He he's dirty and gross. There you go. But like when in conjunction with everyone else, he works. But when it's just him and uh, Ponderosa, Bill Ponderosa, it's like, oh, we got two of the same character. The whole episode's gonna be about them, and it's like I. 
kind of wish I knew what that whole plot was about, about them getting Dennis's impounded car back. That was pretty interesting. I want to know more about that, but nope, we're never going to get that. So It's from when the, um, the World Series defense probably, when all the parking oh. tickets. No, I think that one's from when he drove it into the into the bay because of the starter car episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, we're, we went on about Always Sunny. Obviously, <laughs> we love Always Sunny on this podcast. You should be watching it. And I cannot wait till you guys see the first episode of Season 12, because that's yeah. the only episode I got to saw Season 12, because I found out that my school doesn't support FXX. Bad decision, school. I may <laughs> transfer now. Can't you just Whoa. watch it online? No, FXX doesn't do that. Nope. They doesn't do what? Doesn't do like they, streaming. Not for not for it's always sunny. No. They don't, they don't do it for you're the worst either. Sunny. They don't do it for you're the worst. Yeah, they do. No, I don't. Watched all of you're the worst on demand. On demand, do you have to pay for it? If you have a cable subscription. Oh I they yeah, no, we don't have cable subscriptions. Cable's horrible. <laughs> Well, I mean, obviously it's my parents' cable subscription yeah. that I'm just leeching off of. Yeah. Um, Leech! Which my dad Leech. is because he has to watch six hours of Fox News every day. Oh, so. my gosh. Um, Aaron, you got anything else? Is that it? No, that was, it. That was my week. All right. Well, guys, let's move on to uh, the continuous topic of our top ten movies of all time. Today we're going to be talking about film number eight, on, or not eight, oh my god, eight. film number oh. six on our list. Yeah, we went back a couple. We're going to re-talk about those. Do you sell guns here? Something sexy and affordable with killing power? Sorry, pest problem? Well, if your ad had been written properly, I may have a better idea of what I need. No. Um, film number six. Would anyone like to go first this time, or? I mean, I can, I can go. Go for it, Aaron. I feel like I never go first or whatever. You went first last week, but a, we'll pretend. We'll pretend like you didn't. All right. Did I go first last time? Yeah, you did. I, I'm pretty sure you literally said, I feel like I don't go first, I'll go first. You said that last week, too. I, I said, if I remember correctly, I said, Aaron, you never go first. You go first this time. And now this time, he what? said the exact same thing I said last week about him. We're off on a tangent. Fine. Aaron, I'm go. Not going first Aaron, time. go. Fine. Aaron, no. no. Aaron, oh my God, Aaron. Can't do it. Fine. Aaron, please go first. No. Fine. All right, I'll go first then. Um, ha. Guys, today we got a little film. Aaron, you actually recommended this movie to me. And uh, I'm very happy I ended up watching it. Obviously, it's my number six movie of all time. Um, oh, it's uh, Safety Not Guaranteed. <sighs> Safety Not Guaranteed is a freaking awesome movie in every way. It's hilarious. You got great uh, roles from Aubrey Plaza. Who These are the movies that I wish Aubrey Plaza would do more of. Um, things that are funny but also have serious themes to them. Because she's like a good enough actress. She can carry stuff like this. But, you know, she's like, oh, Dirty Grandpa and, and uh, Mike and Dave. And it's like, oh, you're better than that. But I digress. Um, so, yeah, you got a great performance from Aubrey Plaza. You got a great performance from Mark Duplass. Um, you got a great performance from Guy from New Girl, Jake Johnson. Um, and this is actually Colin Tre- Trevro. I can never pronounce his name. Colin Trevorrow, maybe? 
uh, who directed Jurassic World. This is actually his first uh, feature film. Um, also, the writer of Jurassic World wrote this. So it's one of the reasons I watched it was because I was excited for Jurassic World back when they first announced it. And I'm like, I need to see what this is all about. I need to see what they're all about. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously better than than Jurassic World. Don't need to say that. But uh, just the concept alone of this movie is so interesting. It's taken from real life. Not the actual, like, plot, but the, there was a ad in the newspaper that said, need someone to go back in time with me, bring your own weapons, safety not guaranteed, I've only done this once before. And so they took that ad and they made a movie off of it. And just the whole time you're wondering, can this guy really time travel? Can this guy not time travel? Like, every once in a while you'll think, Maybe he might be right about this. And then every once in a while, you'll get another clue. It's like, this guy's insane. Like, why are they letting this... I mean, she's like 20 at this time. Why are they letting this 20-year-old girl alone with this man that is clearly out of his mind? Um, but ah, just the... I don't know. I think Mark Duplass is really what sells this movie, even though I think Aubrey Plaza is my favorite part obviously i love Aubrey plaza but um his character is so he's childlike almost in that he he's always looking to go back he always needs to fix something there's always like throughout the movie you're seeing these things like he has the ear thing he's like oh yeah i wish i could fix that and then it's like oh yeah Kristen Bell was my girlfriend. Uh, someone murdered her. Um, it's like, so I need to go back and stop her from being murdered. It's basically the premise. And then you learn more and you're like, oh yeah, well, this guy's, uh, he's insane. And I'm, I'm losing my thoughts here. But just the entire theme of going back and fixing something that maybe shouldn't be fixed. And it's like, it's all his fault what happened to his girlfriend. And that's the reason Aubrey Plaza wants to go back as well, because her mom died and she wants to go back and save that. And just, I'm, I can't speak eloquently if anyone can understand that yet. Um, what? If, if you don't remember earlier when I was uh, saying Avatar, people loved the 3D. <laughs> but that's also something I said. Um, but... Just the overall themes of of love and what it means to love someone and whether it's okay to let them go, even though you want to fix things, is such an interesting idea. And I think they deal with it so well. And just the relationship between Aubrey Plaza and Mark Duplass's character is so believable Um Especially that scene where they're sitting around the campfire and he sings her that song. And you're like, man, this movie is just so special. And then you have Jake Johnson's character who has like a, who also has an amazing subplot, which is basically with the same themes, but with his girlfriend that he knew from Summers and realizing that he ruined everything with this girl and can never get it back. It's, it's just about love, love lost, life lost, time that you can never get back. And that's just always interesting to me for some reason. Um, Don't know what that says about me. 
I don't think I have that many regrets in life, but maybe I do if I like movies like this that much. Um, but yeah, um, there's a there's a great line in this film that makes me laugh every time, and it's when they're at the uh, the college football game, and Jake Johnson and uh, gosh, I can never remember this guy's name, uh, the intern's name, the actor's name, uh, Car- Car- Karen maybe Karan Sony, um, they're they're at the high school football game drinking beer and like getting really drunk, and then. He's like, so, you see anyone you want to date around here? He's like, these girls are all in high school. Yeah, and you're in college. Who do you think they want to have sex with? (laughs) And they get kicked out of the football game. And it's just like, it's such like a hilarious moment and paints um, Jake Johnson's character. Even though you know he's kind of horrible, that's like where you're like, yeah, this guy's really messed up. But then you kind of feel for him by the end. I don't know. I love this movie. If you have not seen Safety Not Guaranteed, highly recommend um, it's a good time. Just a good time watching a movie. So yeah, I mean, obviously, I I recommended this to you in the first place. Yeah, as you said so. Yeah, so I would. I obviously think it's think pretty highly of it as well. I mean, not that highly. No, you seem to have a more personal connection to the movie than I did, which Jake, you know. Jake has a lot of distraught. <laughs> yeah, I have a, I have a lot of regrets in my... No, um, I don't know why I really connected, why it connected with me so well. I think it's just those themes that are so interesting to me, and time travel itself is so interesting to me. And obviously, love Aubrey Plaza. So, uh, so sorry that you, everyone had to listen to me <laughs> ramble about that for about five minutes. <laughs> but Aaron, now would you like to go? Would you like to... No. Oh my God, David! Would you like oh, to go? What is your I'm number six? Go. What is your number yeah, six, buddy? Go back. To, stay in your place, Aaron. Ooh, <laughs> got him! <laughs> I wish I could see the emotion on your face. Wait, 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 David, David, wait. You know what that? You know what that was? Hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> no, that's not gonna be a thing. No, David, what's up? <laughs> So, my number six movie is a little movie I like to call Life of Pi. Internet, I am showing Jacob and Aaron the Blu-ray that I got for yeah. Christmas of Life of Pi. I've never this seen Christmas? this movie. This, this Christmas, yeah. It was great. And, I mean, I've talked about this movie before. You have. Uh, yep. I first watched it on a plane, and I was just kind of like... <laughs> Like, I don't know if I was super out of it, and, like, I just watched it. was the only thing to keep me, like, alive, and I was just like, this is the best movie ever, but, like, this movie just blew me away. The visuals, um, the story, yeah, but I don't want to get too much into the ending and the story, because they're, it, this story's best to- told when you don't know anything about it, and you just dive in. And you soak it all up, and you just like mm-hmm. uh, take every little bit and piece of it, okay, and just think <laughs> about it. I'm just I could talk, I could just, and it's just something that needs to be seen, and it completely blew me away, completely surprised me, and that's why it's my number six. Aaron, have you seen this movie? <laughs> yeah, I have. Okay. I greatly enjoyed it as well. You you agree with everything I say, Aaron? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, again, like Lacey's, this isn't a film that I think as highly of 
to the point where it'd be in my top 10, but this is still a film I would definitely recommend everyone watch. It's a very great film. Hey, we all got to watch them. Because remember, remember, we're all watching everything that's on everyone's top 10. That's true, but I've doing seen it. all of them to, at this point. I've seen all of them on everyone's <laughs> list. <laughs> I've not seen Life of Pi, so I need to write that down. Well, you guys can just send me your list and I'll deal with them later. <laughs> all right. But, um... I was going to say something else. No? Just watch Life of Pi. Take yep. it all in. That That's I'm nice just... and concise in comparison to my not concise uh, thoughts on Safe and Not Guaranteed. So thank you. Um, Aaron, w- would you like to go now? Uh, no, I think I'll pass this round. <laughs> okay. Just... All right. Good. I can, I can go to sleep. Have class <laughs> Your number six is forever shrouded in mystery now. Yes. Yeah. All right, so mm-hmm. actually, now that I'm thinking of this, if you guys, if we're supposed to be watching all the films on each other's list, this is one you might. I'm not sure if you'll be able to find easily because okay. uh, I don't want to. I want to presume anything about your guys' list, but this is like the only foreign film that made my top ten. No, oh, yeah, it's... a foreign language film. My list after this is pretty predictable, so... <laughs> My entire yeah. list has been predictable, Jacob. <laughs> but yeah, so this, tell me about it. This is a film called Stalker. Okay. Which is a 1979 film by a Russian director called Andrei Tarkovsky. Alright. And he, he was someone I was introduced to... I took a sci-fi film class... And then we watched one of his other films in that class, Solaris, which I would also highly recommend. That's on the list. Yes, it is. Yeah. Both of these are. Okay, cool. Good to know. But that one's in the Criterion Collection, whereas this one has not gotten a Blu-ray release at all yet. Oh, all right. So, but, so then I really took to that film. And then I was talking with the professor of that class, and he recommended that I watch this film, Stalker. And then so when I took a the world cinema class with him, I wrote a paper on this director, and I looked at this film and another one of his, Mirror. And just the combination of all three of these films just like immediately shot this director up to like one of my favorite directors of all time. Because I, I don't know if I can even explain it, but just I felt while watching these films that, like, these are the kind of films that I would, like, if I could make my dream films with, like, you know, just, like, no limitations in terms of budget or uh, concept, you know, like, no need to uh, appeal to any specific demographic besides myself, like, these are the kinds of films I would make. Yeah. And it was just oddly personal in that way, which I think was really incredible because, you know, the fact that it is, a foreign film that is a Russian director and be able to still have that personal connection with someone from a completely different country speaking a completely different language is kind of incredible. And that's yeah. part of the power of film is to be able to draw those connections between people in that way, breaking through the language barrier. So Obviously, it's subtitles for this movie, right? Yes. Uh, obviously, yeah. I watched it with subtitles. I don't speak <laughs> Russian. Aaron, are you in cahoots? Are you in cahoots with Putin? Yes. You heard it here first. <laughs> Continue, sorry. So, so basically, uh, the, the basic premise of this film is that kind of like it takes place in this 
like war torn region. Like it's like it doesn't ever specify what country it is, but it's like kind it's of parallels Russia. to Soviet Russia. And uh, there's this in, within this country, there is this area called the zone. And it, just like this is a highly guarded zone. area that is just has mysterious properties. And so this man, this these two men, this writer and this scientist, hire this guy who is known as a stalker, which is where like the name comes from, who is basically this person who has the ability to, to guide other people through the zone to this place called the room. And it's and it's rumored that within the room the deepest wishes of like your like your heart will be granted if you can enter this room. So it's just it's this very interesting mix between uh, sci-fi <laughs> and just kind of like these more just like abstract philosophical concepts, and that I, that I found very fascinating. Just like because it's it's like a it's a very slow moving film because it's yeah. like it's like three hours long. Oh jeez! And oh, it's wow. basically just these guys walking through this wilderness talking about life about the possibilities of the room about all this kind of stuff so it, it is definitely like a very small appeal i think which is what i was talking about earlier where it's like you know this isn't going to have a wide appeal because it's basically right. these three men just kind of like having this philosophical discussion as they wander through the wilderness it's the, it's but, the uh it's the robin hood ghosts of uh <laughs> ghosts, ghosts of, of sherwood forest yeah ghosts that, of sherwood done, forest done right <laughs> That's a that's a throwback to the podcast. That's an old one now. But yeah, continue, yeah. sorry. So just it's it's one of those films where it's just like the the philosophy is just, you know, very fascinating. And so it's one of those films that just made me reconsider like I was talking about with some other films on this list, it made me reconsider like what it means to be human, both in respect to just like that connection that films can create between yeah. people and just within the film itself, like the, the ideas that are represented by this mysterious room and this zone and the philosophical concepts that they discuss. So it's, it definitely is another film that kind of changed the way I thought about myself, about life, about film and everything. And it's also just a very gorgeous film, just like yeah. very striking cinematography. There, there's this, it's one of those films like where you just are like there's certain shots that just like stick with you because of how perfectly crafted they are like there's this one shot I don't want to spoil exactly how this shot looks because it involves like when they actually it, it it's semi it's it's hard to say it actually spoils anything because like I said there's not a whole lot of plot to this film right but at the same time there is that kind of sense of discovery that is really interesting and in how it pulls it off so i don't exactly want to spoil what this shot is but it's a very iconic shot once they get towards uh the end of their journey and it's just it, it's you know it's like one of those films where it's like every frame could be like a painting on its own because it's so perfectly yeah. oh, crafted wow. so you have such high regards for this movie it's only number six yeah well, I mean, Aaron. we'll have to see what the top five who, are. Who knows, what, who knows what's to come, Aaron? Aaron Only you do. <laughs> Aaron is like, 
is like the Avatar audiences, but for just like good cinema. You know, he's like, mm, give me some of that Christopher Nolan. Give me some of that. I don't know. I'm making callbacks now. They don't make sense. But one time I'm going to get it right, maybe. Just darn it, I'm going to get it right. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, that's <laughs> that's pretty much my thoughts. Is just This is another incredible film that completely changed the way I thought about things. And also just kind of revitalized my interest in becoming a filmmaker. Like there's other films, films that we'll still get to, that basically you know kickstarted that specific journey for me. But this is yeah. a film that I'm just kind of like, you know, like if I could ever make a film, like this is the kind of film I would make. And it's just incredible that someone actually could make it, you know? That's, yeah. I want to say that's Indeed. how I felt when I saw La La Land as well. I like, I was just like, I want to make that. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, I mean, I can't make it now, obviously, until they reboot La La Land in 40 years. But um, no, but uh, I was just like, man, this is just, I, I, I feel what, I have felt what you have felt, maybe. From what you're saying, I think I'm like, yeah, it's just one of those movies. I'm good at talking. <laughs> um, guys, are we, are we ready to move on to the bad movie of the week? Oh my God! I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Hey, give me my ball. Carpet day! Huh? No! Uh-huh. All right. Well, I have the bad movie, and it is certainly bad. <clears throat> Guys, let's talk about a little movie that I like to call a good day to die hard. <laughs> this is number five, right? Yes. Is this okay. the one with the sun? Yes. I've seen this one. Let's, take this, let's take this movie to task right now, all right? So... So, my family tried to give up 20 minutes into this film. And I'm like, no, we got to stick with it. We <laughs> it's started too this, late. <laughs> we rented it. We got we to gotta finish this. So, I forced them to sit through the Oh, my God. Movie, and I regret it. Yeah. It's, it one gets, the, it's one of the worst decisions of my life. It gets longer and dumber, the, like, the more it gets longer. It gets... <laughs> <laughs> it gets longer the longer it goes on. I mean, it gets louder and dumber the longer it goes on, but longer is true. It, it's a true statement. Um, so it feels like it's dragging on forever. Yeah, is what I thought you were trying I, to. Get I don't at. remember. I don't remember this movie. I remember seeing it. I remember there's the scene where they jump out yeah. the window in yeah. the pool. Yeah. The thing that. So here's the thing. John McClane, Die Hard One, normal guy. Die Hard Two, normal guy. Die Hard 3, cop now, still normal guy. Number 4, mm, some of these things don't look survivable, John McClane. Die Hard 5, oh my god, he's a superhero now. <laughs> like, he's, there's this shot where, this is where I was like, no, no. This movie is so dumb. It's when he gets into like the, the I think it's either a helicopter or an airplane. It's probably a helicopter. But... He opens the back hatch of the helicopter and reverses the car out, pulling the helicopter down with the car, jumps out, and then that's the thing that you're talking about, where they go through the window and into this pool. Oh, yeah, and guess what? It's in Chernobyl. Like, why? <laughs> like, why? There's still water in Chernobyl, I guess. I, I, no, I mean, that's not 
totally unfeasible, but just why does this take place in Chernobyl? It just like, no, it was just... Die Hard makes so much sense because it's an enclosed little space, you know? It's like Home Alone, but for adults, right? Like, and nice uh, thank you. And now it's just like, John, John McClane is just regular every, every guy, not... He was regular everyday guy. Now he's regular every superhero you see in every movie. He's Vin Diesel in the Fast and Furious, all right? They never die. They're never going to be able to die. Like, I was... Or like Vin Diesel in the Triple X. Oh, my bro. God, all right. <laughs> hey, Aaron, I was waiting for it. But uh, Jai Courtney is absolutely horrendous in this film. Like, he is so bad. And... Uh, it's not surprising because he's been bad in nearly everything he's ever been in, and he's always been except, in bad movies, except Suicide Squad, where he's the best part of the movie. Um, but you're just like, how did we get here? Because even um, Die Hard with Avengers, no, yeah, Die Hard with Avengers is the fourth one, right? No, Live Free Die Hard. Live Free Die Hard. Thank you, thank you. No, your Die Hard series. I actually kind of Come on, still, Lucy. yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I actually still kind of like Die Hard Four. It, it's, that's my mom's favorite Die Hard. It's the PG thirteen one. That's probably why. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I, that one's okay, and like there's enjoyment out of it still. But then this one, it's just such a slog to get through, and you're like, oh my god, why is everything so cliche? Why is he say, I'm on vacation. I'm supposed to be on vacation. Why is that a He's line? not even on vacation. No. He went there to look for his son. No. It's such a dumb line. <laughs> and he repeats it several times throughout the course of the movie. Like, this is, it's like, yeah, what does John, John, what does John and Killian need in this movie? Yeah, a really dumb catchphrase that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, let's give it to him. Um, but you have, on the poster you got, Ipikaye, Mother Russia. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, oh. What, what, a, what a great tagline. I mean, I think that's pretty much all. They're just like, they saw that tagline. Like, <laughs> like we need a movie, a movie now. now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I hate this movie. Um, very much so. Um, what's really interesting about this movie is this was the first diehard movie that was written specifically as a die-hard movie right like all the other movies were just like based on some other book or a spec script that someone else wrote that yeah. they transformed into die-hard movies and it's the and worst the first one. one which is like we're going in we're writing this from the ground up as a die-hard movie and it's the worst one yeah. it's like how did you mess it up <laughs> i i just and the twist is so dumb the twist might be like it's like it's it's not dumb because it doesn't make any sense. It's dumb because they tried to trick you, even though this is the thing that you guess, that guy's going to be evil. Yeah, well, what do you know? He's evil. Like, they try so hard to convince you throughout the movie that this guy's a good guy, and all of a sudden, they act like it's a surprise when he's actually evil? Like, n no. No. That's not how character reveals work. But whatever. Whatever, Die Hard. You know? You, you had a good run. But it's time to take you out back and... Wait, what's happening with Die Hard Year One? Are they still moving forward with that? Excuse me, what? The, the prequel. Exactly. There's a prequel? They, they, they were working on a prequel, like, last the, year. Was Max Landis working on this movie? 
Maybe. Because he... I listened to a podcast where he pitched a Die Hard idea. And it was kind of a cool idea, but I'm like, Max Landis, oh my god. <laughs> like, very pretentious. But, you know, seems like he's a fine enough guy. But uh, if that's the idea, and if that's what they're doing it off of, I'd be interested to see that movie. But who knows? I would not. I don't want a Die Hard prequel. I don't want any more Die Hard movies. <laughs> David's showing me a, a Facebook article, so you know it's true, um, where one in five teens already have hearing problems. And that's he's saying that because I have my volume turned all the way up on the computer today. So It's fake news. It's fake news. Fake news, David. Fake news. CNN fake is fake news. news. CNN, fake news. Hey, you're, you're fake news. Hey, but guess what? Fake news can still be big news. Unfortunately, yes. What was the what was the quote? <laughs> We've all learned that the hard yeah. way, David. The Pizzagate. Um, what was the quote where he was like, uh, he's like, Buzzfeed, you're a failing pile of garbage. I'm like, no, they're they're a successful pile of garbage. <laughs> all right, guys, let's move on to the yes, fault. David has class. We gotta <laughs> power through. To the fault in oh. your stars. Oh, okay. I don't even have time to tell you how wrong you are. Actually, it's going to bug me if I don't. That's fine. I get that, but you're wrong and I hate you. Aaron, you got a little film for us today, I'm sure. Uh, I, indeed I do. What, what's the review? What, what's the hot take on this film? Okay, I have, I have two reviews. Okay. So I'm not sure if you're going to be able to get off the first one. All right. Well, I will. <laughs> All right. you, you might, actually. Four stars. Mm-hmm. The we... only reason people are giving this bad ratings is because it wasn't insanely scary. So if that's all you want, then I don't advise seeing it. However, it had a very intriguing plot and a few really mind-blowing moments. The whole movie keeps up a good pace as well. I do have some complaints, though. First off, a few of the really big parts towards the end didn't totally making sense. <laughs> that sentence didn't totally make any sense. <laughs> Second okay. of all the movie left me wanting more, not because the meh cliffhanger, it kind of seemed like we didn't get enough of Blank's powers. I mean, As a side note, at is. first I thought the actors and actresses were really bad at acting, but as the movie progressed, I realized they were really realistic instead of the usual acting tone, if that makes sense. <laughs> it, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> And it made the movie seem a bit more realistic and less like a movie? Question mark? <laughs> They're not sure about that. They're like, eh, maybe. Um, David, I think we should take a guess on this. And then if we don't get it right, Aaron, can you read the next one? Actually, read the next one even if we get it right. Um, but I think this is the Bye Bye Man. David, do you agree with me? Yeah. I agree with you. Is this the Bye Bye don't Man? Don't say it. Oh, gosh. Don't God. think it. <laughs> oh, God. Do you know how many Rotten Tomato reviews I read that like their tagline was "Don't, don't think it, don't say it, don't see it." I'm like, God, you're not original anymore. The first person was original. Now you're just all repeating each other. <laughs> like, what is the score on Rotten Tomatoes? Real bad, right? Like 21, I think. 19. Mm. I mean, like not as bad as I expected, to be honest. Don't think it, don't say. 
So, Aaron, what was the second review? I, I kind of want to know. Okay. Three and a half stars. 3.5 out of 5. The Bye Bye Man was far superior than any of James Wan's creatures from the oh, Conjuring films. Oh, go away! <laughs> some of the mixing of the film was a bit off in some places, but the overall psychological terror left me on the edge of my seat. The younger generation doesn't seem to grasp that style of scariness anymore, which is a shame. The I, younger I, generation. So, okay. I don't... It's like the most confusing complaint yeah. against millennials I've ever heard. Yeah. We don't understand edge of your seat scary. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that, is that is that a stereotype? I guess. Um, so seeing more from the Bye Bye Man, the more I think they were really... I think maybe we said this on the last podcast, but they're really going for like an It Follows kind of idea, kind of like concept. But the It Follows one is, like, thought through and makes sense within that world. Let me, this say, one... let me say something. Yeah. Original as well, maybe? Yeah. Because the Bye-Bye Man is kind of, you know... The Bye-Bye like, Man, out. the plot literally makes no sense. If you think his name, he comes to you. Like, as soon as... It's like the game. It, you know, you guys remember the game? Right. Yeah. Like, if you think about it, you lose the game. Well, there's no way to win the game, because if you're thinking about it, you already lost. That's literally you the plot of Bye-Bye Man. But you ha- yeah, you have to know you're in the game yeah. in order to win the game. But if you're in the, yeah, it's so it's like don't what say is it, don't think it 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 don't it makes no sense. It. Sorry, don't think it. <laughs> I will end up seeing this film still because I'm so morbidly curious. Aaron, 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 hear me out right Wait, now. I got finish this. I got finish this. Review. Oh, it wasn't done. Oh my god, I didn't no, even know. Oh, All right. Yeah. Okay. The youngest generation doesn't seem to grasp that style of scariness anymore, right. which Millennials. is a shame. But if you're an avid horror fan who likes classic, cl- classic psychological horror, then this one is for you. The Hound, I'll admit, was a laughable CGI effect that served no scariness to the film. But I'm sure they'll improve some things in the sequel. It oh, sets itself up for Oh, it. God. It's a shame that horror films like this get such low ratings, when it's usually just a kind of scariness which is getting lost in the new generation. Wait. They nailed it. Yeah. yeah Millennials are, you know, just ruining cinema because <laughs> they hate the bye-bye man. Millennials <laughs> can't be scared. That is make, what they Make cinema great again with the bye-bye man. I... I mean, a 35 Metacritic score is honestly better than I expected. (laughs) So, um, I, Aaron, I want, oh my God, filmed in November of 2015, not released until January 2017. Oh, great, guys. Um, Aaron, I think we should, we should start now with our 2017 movies. You know, we realize this is going to be a competition again. We might as well just start now, <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, that'd be pretty much the same. Because, like, it wasn't just the ones we watched in that last few weeks. It was all the 2016 films we had seen. Right. All right. Guys, thank you for listening to another episode of Reboot Already Underway, episode 35. Guys, a lot of episodes already. Um, We're halfway to 70. I don't know what that means. No. <laughs> no yeah. Yeah. We're, halfway that's, to passing? That's true. Yes. Um, yeah, pa- is that it is passing? Place like no, that is true. Yeah, 70s. Um, if you want to find us around the internet, you can find it at 
can find us at Reboot Already On on Twitter. You can find us on SoundCloud, on iTunes. Uh, you know, leave us a comment. Guy who left a comment, but then deleted their account. Come back. Leave another one. Leave a come new back. comment. Like, come back. We want to hear from you. I'm sorry if my uh, avatar comments offended you in any way. Um, if you want to try to offend Jacob, please. Offend me, please, you know. You go on Twitter and roast me, please. I want to be roasted. Um, but well, guys. The slings are so funny. <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, if you want to find Aaron around the internet, you can find him at Little Flame Dude on Twitter. As he said earlier, the Aarons are coming up. Uh, very soon, so you can look as, for that. As soon as I see that, I'll learn. Yeah. With a special David. To be thrown in there. All right. Um, yeah, so uh, this clever blog name is already taken on Tumblr for Aaron. Um, David, if you want to find him around the internet, you can find him at dbex15 on Twitter. And if you want to find me around the internet, you can find me at Jacob Scott Music on Twitter, Jake Lace on Tumblr. I just posted... Uh, so eight eight different posts of reviews of movies that I saw in twenty seven or oh gosh twenty sixteen. I'm having the opposite problem that everyone else has. Um, guys, thank you for listening. Aaron, David, thank you for joining. As always, uh, we'll see you all again next week with a brand new episode where we'll talk about the bye bye. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you guys next week. Goodbye.